Welcome back to Never Settle. Today we are digging into, I need this one personally, adding joy into your entrepreneurial life, how that can add to your successes. And to two co-founders, check out this name, Full Plate, Full Cup, co-founders Rebecca Stump and Amanda Bodier. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're going to kick this off because I know myself and as I intro this, I need this. We were just talking about earlier, we have holidays coming up and I'm going, huh, what's a holiday? Amanda, you're giving yourself permission to take the day off. Rebecca, you're planning some events. So how do we manage this thing called successful entrepreneurship, have fun and be successful and learn how to take a day off? Yeah, wow. Well, I think to answer kind of the first part of your question, um, you know, for us, we really think of joy coming into the mix when your work is aligned with your mission, when you really know what the work is for. Like, why am I, you know, getting up today and spending however many hours um, towards something, right? It has to be towards something. When your work is aligned to your mission, there is a sense of joy that comes from within. Like, sometimes it's fun, like recording a podcast. Sometimes it's not so fun, right? Um, but the joy comes from within because you know that you're working towards your mission. And to be honest, sometimes you take the day off, sometimes you work. But if your work is joyful, um, there, there's a different color behind it versus feeling like, oh God, I have to work today, right? You're like, yeah, I have to work today. Or, hey, guess what? I get to take today off because I'm in charge. You know, when I make the rolls. Yeah, and big- it's question at you. Sorry, one second, Rebecca. I threw a big loaded question. I know that. And I'm glad you find this fun as well. This falls into the fun joy category, man. I just want to preface. It's like, yay. So it comes into the why of what you're saying. When you have a purpose behind it, how much that makes a big difference. I love that. Rebecca? Yeah. You know, I I think a big part of becoming a, a a big reason why a lot of people become an entrepreneur is because they want more control over their how they spend their time. And so, you know, having gone through a previous entrepreneurial journey where I just gave my time away for free and found myself very quickly burnt out, resentful, and feeling like I had dug a hole that I could not get out of, I and I think Amanda have been approaching our newest venture, Full Plate, Full Cup, from the perspective of We are creating something because we believe so deeply that the world needs this. And we know that we are the ones to bring this message to people that because it's from the heart, if we're not taking care of ourselves and taking care of our hearts, we're not going to be able to connect with the world, connect with our clients, connect with our the groups that we work with in a way that's going to be the most meaningful and be the best, fullest expression of our work. Yeah. Can I ask? Are we live first on the show? I have to ask. Oh, yes. Go for it, please. Wait, Rebecca, finish your thought. Finish your thought. That was it. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, the name of our business is Full Plate, Full Cup. The meaning is literally keeping your cup full, meaning your energy, your spirit, your joy, your rest, your health, et cetera, while having a full plate, right? While having lots of work, clients, et cetera, et cetera. If we're not doing it ourselves, we're bullshit, right? And people know that, you know, you don't want your um, executive coach or your career coach to show up like, 
where's my notes? Okay. Oh, you know, like that's bullshit. You know, like I want to embody the message and the the teachings that I'm, I'm bringing forth to people. And if that means, Hey, I take two less clients, you know, at a time, then, then I could, then I could handle, right. That's what it is, you know? So it's, it's, we got to be authentic. We can't be bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yes, I was going to say it comes into the authenticity. So imposter syndrome doesn't creep up over your shoulder and pretty much consume you. The the metaphor that I'm hearing too, that I love is about balancing the plate. You know, if I, there's only so much you can put on a plate because I myself, and I'm a fruit lover. And if I just showed you the fruit plate that I had, you'd be like, that's interesting, Sarah, get a bigger bowl. And I think that's sometimes how I, or get a two plates. I think sometimes, true story, that that's how I take on projects as well. And I tend to be, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, this is this. And then most recently, I started to realize I'm not really able to dig tracks anywhere because I'm taking on so much. Mm -hmm. So I would then ask to both of you, because you work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and, and founders, how do you find what that, that, joy fulfillment is, you know, and be able to say, here's your high quality foods on your plate. What determines what you keep on the plate as opposed to what you compost? We'll be kind here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Amanda and I will probably have two different answers for this because I primarily work with mid-career professionals looking to pivot and Amanda primarily works with founders and CEOs. Um, but I, I would say there's kind of two sides to that. The first is, you know, ruthless prioritization, especially if you are a founder or the leader of a company, you're always, and Sarah, you just acknowledge this on your end as well. You're always going to be, ha- be having more coming at you, more opportunities than you could possibly take on. And maybe that you take on, but you could possibly take on and excel and shine at. And so, you know, it's always picking one thing to focus on, doing that well, and then moving on to the next thing. The second element of this is, you know, taking a test and learn approach to what lights you up. What are the things that bring you joy? So before, you know, jumping off the deep end and moving into a new job in the case of my clients or projects or creative pursuit, like full on, how can you dip your toes into the water to really understand what doing that thing would look and feel like to you? And from there assess, is this worth my whole energy, my whole time, all of these limited resources that I have. Yeah. Amanda, what's your perspective from working with CEOs and founders? Yeah. From a founder and CEO perspective, the number one thing that I find that people are missing is actual clarity. Um, You feel super overwhelmed, overworked, behind, whatever, because you actually don't have a clear sense of everything from personal, professional, et cetera. Um, there's not this like inventory. You don't have time. You don't have time, right? But you don't take the time to do this inventory process. So what I like to start um, with my founders is is kind of doing an inventory, right? Like how are you spending your time? What are the things that you absolutely need to be doing? What are the things that you could potentially outsource if you're not already doing so? And then what what are the things that you want need to do, want to do, love to do outside of work? Let's look at all of those things. And come up with a strategy for that works. So the tagline, one of the taglines of our business is lifestyle strategies for empowered living. And let me tell you, you need to strategize in life 
or like life is complicated. Life is really busy. There is no way that you're just going to naturally fall into a rhythm of perfectly handling everything. Like nobody, I, I don't think it's humanly possible. You have to strategize and look at your list and say, okay, I've got these things. These are the things that like I, as the founder or the CEO, like have to own. I have to own the investor conversations. Even if I don't like them, like that's me, right? I have to like hiring, recruiting, team development, depending on the size of your business, right? It'll vary what those things are, but you see them clearly. And then you can start to put them into place. You can look at, okay, oh, this isn't sustainable. So what I like to do with my clients in that standpoint, right? If they, if they actually do the inventory and they're like, oh, wait, this isn't sustainable. We create um, timelines, right? Okay, you're gonna, you have to actually sustain this for four weeks. But within that four week period, you will have found your virtual assistant, or you will have quit the PTA, or you will have, you know, um, hired a trainer to come to your house instead of going to the gym because you can afford it and it saves you 45 minutes a day. You create a strategy, right? Um, then you're empowered. Then it's like, okay, I still have a lot of shit to do, but I'm in control of this shit. But you've got it. Yes. And I think that's the, you know, empowered, I use that word a lot as well. So it's something that I deeply resonate with. Yeah. Some people sometimes can have a, a hard time grasping what the concept is, but it's pretty much, there's chaos around, but I'm the middle of this cyclone and I've got this and I still have the eye to see everything around. So I, I like that phrase you use. It's need to do want to do, like to do. And then it's really what you have to, because you broke it down very well. And you, there's some things, you know, you just, you can't delegate out. There's some things that need to be in your own voice or, you know, I'm relating to myself personally, or there's things, no one can go and do an audition for me. That's just not going to happen. That would be very weird. And that would not work out so well. And then I'd be like, who is this avatar? Or, you know, some of the meetings, the calls, you know, if you were talking to someone else right now, I'd be like, what well, I don't get this. So there's a lot of things that we can't delegate out, but then when you start to think of what you can, that frees up the time to create the space. Yeah. When we bring it to joy, how would both of you define what joy is? Oh man. Uh, well, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So I would say like joy is our nature. Joy is actually like if you, I, I have two little kids, right? If you've ever spent time around babies or small children, right? There is this light. It is, um, like I think of, I have a two-year-old, her eyes, she has big, beautiful blue eyes, but the way that she looks at things, it's like everything is Disney World. Like, you know, like you're Disney World, the flowers, Disney World, the sky is Disney World. It is this, oh God, it's intoxicating. Like I am addicted to that. And as we grow older, as we, you know, become grown-ups, right? Naturally, some of that goes away. Like everything's not Disney World, <laughs> you know? Like just that's that's life. Spreadsheets aren't Disney World. Maybe for some people they are. For me, they're not. But where can you tap into, reignite, revisit that sense of joy? And so like we, we, we led an event last night and one of the exercises that I love to lead with people is, What's something that you can call into your mind that immediately changes your energetic state? For a lot of people, it's a pet because pets are always Disney World. Your own pet is your personal like Disney World in a, you know, in a furry package. And when people connect to that, they're like, wow, I literally think of my dog and my energy shifts. I don't need to touch them. They don't need to be here. 
So it's like, what are the other things that make me feel that way, that light me up in the same way, that give me that same like childlike sense of wonder? And if you can literally like sprinkle a little bit more of that, the more that you can sprinkle, the better, but you have to notice it first. What does it feel like? Okay, know what it feels like. What what does that to me, right? Is it, um, is it going to see a Broadway show? Like, do I need to see a Broadway show every three weeks? Because I go to Broadway and it's like, oh, my heart's singing, right? I have a friend like that. Um, you have to find what that thing is for you. What, what's your personal Disney world? You know, <laughs> and like have more, have a little bit more of that in your life as much as you can. I want to get back to that because I actually have a personal follow-up question on okay. that one. <laughs> Rebecca, what's your joy aside from your smile? Because I've from day one when I met Rebecca, I'm like, this girl just is light. Yeah. And my parents fell in love with her. I fell in love with her. I'm like, she is light. I know this girl and Amanda, I know we're going to feel the same when we meet face to face in New York. What is joy to you, Rebecca? Um, I love the fact that when I first met you, it was you and your parents, which is just (laughs) for everyone listening. They literally like just came into the office where I used to work. And, (laughs) um, but you know, I always tell people that joy is your birthright, you know, that, um, I think there are a lot of people out there because of circumstances in their lives or things they've done that they feel guilt or shame around or, what they've been taught, they feel like joy is not theirs for the taking. And I'm here to say that it it is. It is what it is a, a gift that is for all of us to have, no matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through. And I, I love the example that Amanda gave about, you know, finding ways to tap into your joy because it's always available to you. And it's a matter of finding tools and to use this word again, strategies that work for you personally. Everyone's different. So experimenting to find what works for you personally to be able to uncover your joy and and unlock that for yourself, no matter what's going on. And it doesn't mean that life is always sunshine and rainbows. And it doesn't mean that like, this is not a state of ignorance is bliss. You can be mindfully aware of what's happening in your life, of what's happening around you, but joy is always yours to grab. I love that. And uh, I say the same thing about freedom, that we know we create our own personal freedoms and choices. Yeah. So very similar to what you're sharing, Rebecca. It's, it's, It's a right. And somewhere along the way, we decided that we didn't um, have the right to have that anymore, but that we can reclaim it. That's the empowerment part. Mm-hmm. So as we we're talking on joy, you know, I, I'm thinking of things that are lighting up for me. Of course, the the puppy part and the dog, I immediately think of my puggle. I'm like, oh, Pepina. Oh, and I mean, she's across the country, but I still, this internal brings me back to when she was a puppy in my arms. I think of a lot of things that bring me joy in those moments of lighting up where I even find stupid joys, you know, little ones of like, I'm running on the treadmill and I'm listening to some rap music, yes. hat backward. I'm happy as a pig in mud. Yeah. So it's, you know, where, where do we start to decide, okay, this brings me joy. What do I lean full force into? 
that is also success driven and business driven. You know, I think of like different Venn diagrams or like ikigai kind of things, but how would you suggest if there's a lot of joy, which isn't a bad thing to have, how do you start to really find a tunnel, a, a direction in that tunnel to say, this is the light, got it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back to what I started with. It's like, what is your mission? What is your purpose? What What is the um, bigger thing that you want to achieve on this planet that you maybe feel that you were born to achieve on this planet? Because that gives you a different type of joy. Like not all joy is, you know, laughing at a meme, right? Or like not all joy is 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 running and listening to rap music. Some of it is a, is, it's a more quiet joy. It's a sense of... Um, in yoga, they refer to it as santosha. It's like this contentment, this internal contentment that is not related to outside circumstances. And like for me, as you know, as basic and trite as it seems, it's it's when I help people. But what I've identified for me at least is I need to help people in a way that feels unique to me. So it needs to utilize my business expertise and my um, deep connection to spirituality. And when I do that. I know that I'm making a difference. I know that I'm living my purpose and I'm also using my gifts. Rebecca loves to talk about using your gifts and how using your gifts actually brings you joy. So I'm sorry if I stole your thunder, but (laughs) all to say the joy that will not only make you money, but will also the thing that you'll want to stick to long enough to make it long term is the thing that is your purpose and your mission. And that adds value, I think. You know, I started swapping out money with value. What value are you adding? You know, even if you're stealing Rebecca Slender, this is why you two are working together. So it's perfect. (laughs) Well, you actually didn't steal my thunder because because what what I was going to say is, um, and, you know, I mean, I know that when, when we work with corporate clients and run workshops where we're really helping people craft their personal mission, one thing that we always say is that, your mission and your purpose are allowed to change over time. And in fact, they're probably going to. And I think the same holds true for the things that bring you joy, right? Because as our circumstances evolve, as we learn more about ourselves, as we're exposed to more, like the things that bring us joy are just going to change. And that's okay. I think that, you know, it is so healthy for us to come at life with an attitude of curiosity and just wanting to, you know, with an eagerness to learn, like, does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? Does this empower me? Does this motivate me? And I think that's how you not only discover your joy in the moment, but also discover the things that you may want to lean into more down the road to give you that same feeling. I love that. And that's when you can hit the gas pedal because you know it's working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So tell us more about your company, what you're offering, what you're doing, what you're sharing um, on a, in a workshop level, one-on-one, individualized, share a little bit more, please. Yeah. Well, so excited to share about this. So Rebecca and I both work with one-on-one clients. As she mentioned earlier, I primarily work with founders and executives. She primarily works with mid-career professionals who are ripe and ready to pivot into something new. She helps them figure out the what, the why, the how, which is the most important. Um, We also lead uh, workshops. Every Monday, we lead a 
free meditation over Zoom every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So everyone is welcome to join. We call it Full Cup Mondays. It's a way to start your week on a more mindful note. And then really exciting, starting in January, we will be offering a group coaching program that will be much more accessible, much more affordable than one-on-one coaching, but we'll have the same, um, it will tap you into inspiration, it will tap you into strategy, and it will tap you into accountability. And I think those three things are the magic sauce. I mean, obviously, like if you could work with a coach one-on-one, amazing, because it's all specifically tailored to you, but most people... They just need that. They need to spark their inspiration. They need a couple of pointers of how to strategically do it. And then they need someone or a group of somebody who's holding them accountable. So that's launching in January, our uh, group coaching program. Awesome. And I think too, it's even if somebody does go through, because I've seen this um, myself where you do the one-on-one coaching for a bit and then you can also just join in the group to be able to have that little, it's a check-in almost. It's a, here's how things are going. Yeah. You know, I have to do a little step back because Amanda, you mentioned Santosha and I have on the inside, so I'm very spiritual as well. I'm sure Rebecca told you that. On the inside of my right arm, I have Sankalpa. And which means determination, purpose, or will. So for the longest time, I was saying, I'm going to get Santosha on the left one because little miss hothead over here on the other side of the screen is always, we can do more. We can do this. We can do that. So I'm like, there's also contentment there. And then I was like, okay, another tattoo, really? (laughs) But I love it and I get it. Yeah, We support that. If that would bring you joy. Yeah. We support it. I'm currently in tattoo removal for another one. So the joy has been ripped off of that one, but um, I'm a big lover of tattoos. I'm already, anyway, next, onward too. But yeah, so filling filling the plate, filling the cup with the joy and how that starts to pour out onto other areas of your life as well. You know, I just want to close back up uh, with all of this and just ask both of you, what is what does it mean to you to never settle? Rebecca. Oh, for, to, for me, never settling means always being willing to evolve because I think that if we are open, I know that if we're open to it, that life will present us with opportunities beyond our wildest dreams, things that we never saw coming. And if you have an open mind and an open heart and a willingness to even entertain what crosses your path, you will truly live a life of never settling. I love that. I also want to bring to light as well your empowered wording because you switch from I think to I know. So that's the kind of mindset shift that I know you've done, but you also work with others on. Amanda, what does it mean to never settle? Gosh, so many things really come to mind and never settle. But I think that the the number one thing that I think would maybe be helpful to other people is just because things are solid and good doesn't mean they can't be fucking fantastic. (laughs) You know, you can have a great job, a good marriage, your kids are rocking and rolling, right? There's so much more. There's always more and not to not be satisfied and Santosha, right? Not to be, not to not appreciate and be joyful about what you currently have, but to not ever question or doubt the fact that things could always 
Level up, level up, level up, level up. Level up. <laughs> One of my favorite hashtags. I use it on my post today. Absolutely. And in the words of Tom Ford, fucking fabulous it can be. So I love that. I think there's so much more, even given that closing of what Never Settle means to both of you. We're going to do a follow-up interview to this, especially as we head into the holidays. So stay tuned for that. Rebecca, Amanda, full plate, full cup. Thank you both so much for your time, your expertise, your energy, insight. You've inspired me in many ways and have just pushed me onto this path of, um, you know, to, to keep focusing and to keep finding those things of joy. And I, if you're listening at home, what I'm also feeling and, and sensing as well is you're on the right path. You know, you're on the right path. Just sometimes a little bit of light can help guide you faster and more driven towards or give a different perspective on something. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. That wraps up another episode of Never Settle. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll continue sharing stories, insights from founders, creators, innovators, and free thinkers on Never Settle.